And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Coming up on the show, we're going to take a look at something that maybe we take for granted. Maybe we really don't know what it means to truly be this. And maybe your definition of what you look for in this has changed over the years. And that is the topic of friendship. Obviously, there are different layers to friendship. You might have a friend at work that's an acquaintance, maybe your work bestie, but maybe you don't do so much outside of work. Maybe you have your casual friends that you go out with and do things, maybe tailgate at a ball game or maybe go hang out on a Friday night, get some pizza, some cold beverages. And then maybe there's those that are your best friend that you hold near and dear that you tell your secrets to. And then maybe there's some levels in between. But over the years, the last few years, maybe six, seven years, the divide in this country The divide in society on beliefs, on politics, on wokeness, on all these things, there has been a wedge that has been driven through the middle of society with people taking sides on different issues. And we saw it in the pandemic. And those sides that were taken, there was no crossing over. There was no bridge in that divide, in that gap. You either believe that you should do X, Y, Z, or else... And if you didn't, and you did A, B, C instead, then these people thought you should die. And these people over here are like, no, wait a minute. We're just about choice. Did you lose some friendships over that? Did you realize that some people that were in your life were fake and false? Are there people in your life that are fake and false, that are there just to be disruptive? And so... When I ask you, how would you define a friend? You probably have a definition or characteristics or traits or something that you look for in somebody to call a friend. If I was to ask you a best friend, what would that be like? And maybe you do. And then you're able to describe that person. So as we go through this, I looked at it from an academic point of view through academics, through, I guess, psychology a little bit. I looked in these different avenues of psychology, academics, kind of some spirituality, to kind of see what were some common traits when it comes to friendship. Because it might vary depending on which avenue you look for. But we also have to have a standard, a societal standard that says, kind of, this is what we're talking about, right? Because if we don't, then it could be anything. And so just to have some standards, I looked at a few things, and that's what we're going to go over. But before we get started, one of the things that came to mind most recently was this trial of uh, and conviction of Danny Masterson from that 70s show. So if you don't know, you can go look it up. But basically, he was accused and then convicted, ultimately, of raping women a number of years ago. The events occurred and recently went to trial, got convicted. It's going to spend 30 years to life in prison. During the trial, his uh, wife, Bijou Phillips, I believe, said she was going to stick by him, and then two weeks after sentencing, she's opted for divorce. 
uh, irreconcilable differences and split. Wants him to pay, apparently, child support or alimony or whatever. The, guy, the guy's uh, net worth is maybe $8 million, so I'll let you read into that what you will. But with all this stuff going on, one of the things that came out was uh, Ashton Kutchner and Mila Kunis, I believe that's how you say her name, they wrote letters of support asking for leniency for their friend, Danny Masterson. And they took a lot of heat and a lot of blowback for writing a letter of support for their friend. And I thought that was, I mean, it wasn't expected, or I should say it wasn't unexpected. You could say it was expected that they would get blowback because nobody, I don't think, really understands the the meaning of friendship anymore, and that's why we're going to talk about it. But as I was thinking about it and mulling it over, sure, what he did was a terrible thing and needs to be held accountable for it, which he was, and now he's going to serve his time. But as a friend... For these two people to send letters of support, I thought that was okay. I had no problem with that. I didn't see, in fact, that's to be expected. Because, see, that's what society does. Society says your friends are there through thick and thin, but really, you're there for the good times. And when the hard times come, you bolt and you leave them behind. So Danny Masterson is going through a difficult time of his own doing. He's convicted. He's going to prison. His friends want to step up and do something. Maybe they know him as a different type of person. Maybe whatever they wrote in the letter was condemning of his actions, but maybe supporting who he is. However you want to look at it, and you might disagree with me and say they should never have done it. But as a true friend, and again, I go back to looking at it through an academic lens, from what does academia says, what does psychology says, what does spirituality say about friendship. And one of the biggest things that comes up is loyalty. It's one of the top traits in friendship. Best friends are fiercely loyal and committed to you. They stand by your side through thick and thin, and they're for you in good times and bad. And that's across the the whole surface of friendship and all avenues that you look at it is loyalty. And so here you have two people that then kind of backtracked and did whatever they did after the backlash, which I guess is what you do in Hollywood. But that's what they should have done as friends. They can put in their letters of support and leniency. Whether you agree with it or not, they are friends. Then the judge can determine whether or not they need to do what they need to do with that information. If I can bring it closer to home, there's a couple of people, one in particular, something happened. He gets arrested. And to this day, I still don't really know because I've never asked the details of it. And part of it is because it doesn't matter. I'm still going to be there for him no matter what. But then too, also there was some ongoing litigation. And so, I don't want to be a part of any ongoing litigation because if we talk about it, then I might get drawn into it. So, again, you know, don't need to know. But at work, he had some work friends, and outside of work, I guess he had some friends, and all of a sudden he gets arrested for something that initially he wasn't being charged with. And then as the case went along, he was the one that ultimately got charged with the uh, more severe uh, accusations and charges. 
But I noticed that people who were friends with him just a week ago, hanging out buddy-buddy, are now deserting him and calling him names and all this stuff and hoping he rots in jail for the rest of his life. And so as I was thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. That is not friendship. Friendship is sticking through with someone through thick and thin, good and bad, just like Ashton Kutchner and Myla Kunis, whether you think it's a popular choice or not. So as he was going through his trial, kept up as much as I could, and then he got sentenced. And basically what it came down to, and there were some things in there that made me question whether or not he was innocent or guilty just by following some of the information that I could get a hold of. And basically it came down to that um, there are pictures. Even though there's alternate theories as to what happened, there were some pictures that showed some pretty um, gruesome events. And basically his lawyer told him, regardless of anything, it doesn't matter, truth, not truth, nothing. You can have the most solid alternative case, evidence, and everything that says, I did not do this. This is what really happened. And it would not matter because the jury would look at pictures and that's all they'd see. So he's backed into a corner facing many, many years, maybe a lifetime in prison, or maybe less with a plea agreement. So he took a plea agreement at the recommendation of his lawyers because his lawyers said, as soon as these pictures are shown in court, you're done. Even if we can put up the most truthful, evidence-backed, evidence-based, factual-based defense, they see pictures, you're done. So he took the plea. Went to prison for a number of years. And so during that time, I thought, okay, what can I do to help him out, to be there? Uh, prison's far away. So, and uh, visitation is only on the weekends. And at the time, uh, Saturday, I believe I was working. So Sunday was the only day. So I tried as best I could to go visit and did a couple times. In hindsight, maybe I should have tried a little bit harder. Uh, rewrote back and forth, some phone calls back and forth. But again, probably wasn't the best at that because I, I just don't write. And I told him, that. I said, you know, come write and I'll write back. And we did, but you know, I probably could have done more again in hindsight. But the one thing that I did do, because I realized that this was probably the most important way that I could support him. And that is money on the books. You can go to commissary and you can buy things at commissary and then you can either have them for food or you can use that commissary as monetary, uh, a means for payment in the prison system. And so just like a quick example, if you had a, a packet of soup, which is like a top ramen type soup, that'd be like a quarter. So four of them would be a buck. So somebody would come along and let's say it's laundry day and you want somebody to do the laundry for you. You can pay them in commissary, however much it is, four packs of soup is a dollar and they do your laundry or what other skill or trade people had and you wanted to use that skill or trade, then you can pay in commissary. And then plus the food was just extra for him to have throughout his stay, you know, go to commissary. And so that was the one thing that I made sure that there was money on the books. And if there's something special that came up, maybe special pizza day or whatever, extra money on the books. That was the way to, I knew I could help him specifically, directly, and consistently. And then some of the other things I tried my best to, to be a part of it.
And I don't care what people thought. I don't care if people knew. In fact, people probably didn't even know I was involved involved with this because I don't care. Because as a friend, through thick or thin, you're going to stick with somebody. And so maybe that's why when I see Ashton Kushner and Myla Kunis going to bat for their friend, you may not like it. You may be disgusted by that. And that's your right or your opinion, and that's fine. But as a friend, don't you think Danny would expect that if they called them a friend? That's what the true measure of a friendship is, is doing something counter, doing something in truth. Being a true friend is being there, loyalty, through good times and bad. Being there in the bad times when everyone else has vacated and left and they still look at you and condemn you for being there during the bad times because you're loyal to your friend. Now, that's a true sign of friendship. And so for these two to send a letter, I'm, I have no opposed to that. I found that that was admirable, to be honest. That's something they should have done. The wife bailing after saying she was going to stay with him. Well, that's to be expected. And now wanting his money. To be expected. I mean, the world of Hollywood is a world that's unto its own. But, yeah, she wanted a divorce to go live her life and wants his money. That's Hollywood. So, again, loyalty is a big thing that comes of it. There was another time a student got in trouble, did something stupid, made a threat, got arrested for it, and I wrote a letter of support. Now, did I want him to get off of responsibility? No. But I realized that through my letter of support, he might get the appropriate help that he needed because in the end, it turned out to be that, which we kind of suspected, or at least I kind of suspected, there were some mental health issues involved. And so instead of straight up prison, he was able to get mental health, um, which was appropriate. But again, all I did was submit what I felt I needed to do and let them, the judiciary system, take care of it. The judicial system take care of it. But that's the not the norm. That's the opposite of that. People expect you to vacate somebody in the bad times. Where do all my friends go? Money's gone. How many times have you seen all those celebrities and people that have the entourage around them when the money's flowing, but then when the money's gone, they split? Why? Because they weren't a true friend. They weren't loyal. They weren't fiercely loyal. And on my notes here, I have it uh, divided into the different categories that I looked it up. And again, loyalty is everywhere throughout these lists. And you can just look at it. So if you're not being loyal to your friends or your friend's not being loyal to you, I mean, true loyal, stay by your friend, especially in tough times, according to this list. Loyalty is the fundamental aspect of genuine friendship. Loyalty, top. If you're not being loyal to your friends, if they're not being loyal to you in the bad times, maybe they're not true friends. Something for you to decide. Another uh, characteristic that was tops across the board in all the spectrums of academia, so to speak, was trust, trustworthiness, being trust, trusted. A best friend is someone you trust implicitly 
You know you can rely on them to keep your secrets and confidences safe. You can count on them for their honesty and loyalty. Trust. If you can't trust somebody, how are they going to be a friend of yours? If you're going to tell them something and you don't want other people to know, you should be able to tell them. But if you can't, maybe you should reevaluate. Trust is a fundamental element of any true friendship. Friends rely on each other to have confidence that they can confide in one another without fear of betrayal. I mean, take a look at all these shows on TV. I know it's TV, but maybe it's Big Brother or whatever. It's drama, drama field, right? Secrets being revealed. And then you have the I told you in confidence, and then the fight blows up. And you see this all the time. But you do. You see a betrayal of confidence. There was a few times that I was kind of surprised. See, whenever I go into something, I always like a conversation with people, whatever. And maybe it's bad because I expect it, an expectation of this. But maybe that's how I've learned to kind of survive through this world that we live in now. But if I say something, if I'm having a conversation, I expect it to be told to other people. I'm not accusing anybody of doing bad things. I just, that's my expectation. If someone comes and asks me, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? I expect whatever I say about so-and-so to get back to so-and-so through the grapevine. So what I'm going to say and what I'm going to share, I know I'm okay with saying and sharing because they're going to find out and it's going to get back to them, even though it's in confidence, right? How many times you say, don't tell anybody? And then they go and say, hey, they told me not to tell, but I can tell you. So as long as you don't tell anybody, what confidence is betrayed? There's a lot of things people have told me that, and take to my grave. But you have to have the trust of being able to share something, share something in confidence, knowing that it's not going to get around. And unfortunately, I've experienced it, I'm sure you have too, where you're talking about something and then you hear, and of course it goes to the grapevine, so it's twisted and warped by the time they hear it. And so, you know, it's been bastardized, so you have to set the record straight. But yeah, I said that and I know exactly what I said and got twisted through that telephone game that you all play. But no. And what I said wasn't even that bad because I knew you were going to hear it. It's not like I'm talking or gossiping about you. And too many times you hear that. You know, you hear somebody come up to you and say, hey, so-and-so is talking bad about you. And you thought they were a friend. They're talking about how something that you did was stupid and silly or whatever. And you're like, kind of shocking, kind of surprising. Are they still your friend? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that when someone violates your confidence? To me, trust, see, to me, trust is always earned. Trust and respect is earned. Now, naturally, if you're dealing in life, whether it be work, whether it be a school, whether it be a social thing, you know, social circles, there's automatically a little bit of trust that's given. You have to. I trust that, you know, we're going to work together. I trust that, you know, what I say, let's say if I'm in a position of being a producer and you're the host, that you're going to validate and, and see what I'm saying and trust me as to this is going to be a good show. We should move forward on this. If I go to the doctor, I'm going to trust, even though I might not know them because they're a new doctor, because your insurance changes all the time, and because unlike what Obama said, if you liked your doctor, you lost your doctor. So, again, you meet somebody new, but you trust right away initially that what they say is going to be truthful, or you can trust what they say. So yeah, so there's always a a basic line of trust and respect that you give to people 
when you start something, a relationship. But true trust and true respect is only earned. And people don't understand that. People don't understand that when you earn my respect and you earn my trust, then that is something. So I might not always divulge everything to you when we first meet because I'm still building that trust with you. Can I trust you with my secrets? Not that I have any, but, you know, can I trust you with important information if I tell you you're not going to run off and spout it off to everybody else? Do you have my respect? Have you earned my respect? People think automatically that respect is given and, oh, you, you don't respect me. No, I don't because you haven't earned it. You haven't earned my respect. Why don't you earn my respect? And if you don't know what that is, ask me, and I will tell you what it takes to earn my respect. But trust and respect is earned. But in society, we just give it away. And then when it backfires on us, we're shocked and appalled. But did you make them earn it? You know, another thing that tends to be overlooked is reliability. You know, can your friends depend on you? Can you depend on your friends showing up when you need to be there? Oftentimes we see that on social media, right? Everyone's showing up for the birthday party. Everyone's showing up for all the fun stuff. But what about the other things in life that are there? Are they there for you consistently in good and bad like we talked about? But what about just day-to-day conversations, day-to-day? What about just the little things? Can they rely on you to be there Maybe when you're just feeling sad, you know, we got to be reliable. We got to be able to understand what is going on with that relationship. So trust and loyalty or loyalty and trust, both are interchangeable, are probably the top two things across the spectrum of the research that I did that pops up as far as characteristics. Another thing then that was right behind it was kind of being reliable, being there, you know, just be there. One said it was reliability. Can they depend on you to be there? Another one was just be reliable. One of the most important aspects of friendship is reliability. Show up when you say you'll be there. Keep your promises. Be dependable. Friends know that they can count on you. So will you be there if you say you're going to be there? And will you keep your promises? So again, loyalty, trust, and reliable, being there, reliability, reliable, being there. Kind of the top three things that kind of focused the emphasis of what true friendship is when it comes to the academia world. So when you're sitting there and you have your friends and you're looking at your friends and you're mulling over whether this would make a good friend or not, do these characteristics, are they taken into consideration? Do you give away your friendship too easily? That's something for you to decide. Another thing that I find interesting is uh, how you know a true friend. Here's uh, Jordan Peterson. Well, let's talk about friendships for a minute. Here's how you know if someone's your friend. A, you can tell them bad news, and they'll listen. They won't tell you why you're stupid and and why that bad thing happened to you and how something worse happened to them once and derail the whole conversation. You can actually tell them bad news and they'll listen. So that's a good thing. And then this is a weirder thing. You can tell them good news and they'll help you celebrate. 
And that's a really good way of deciding who you should have around you. Because if you have someone around you, you know, something good happens to you, and you're kind of afraid to even admit it because, you know, God, something good happened to you. It's like, you let that be known, and it'll certainly be taken away. So, you know, you, you come out and you sort of tell someone half-heartedly that something good happened to you. They, they give you a whack and then talk about, you know, so the great thing that happened to them three years ago. Or worse, the great thing that happened to someone that they knew three years ago. You know, it's like... Go away from that person. They're not helpful to you. And they're not helpful to themselves either. And so you want to surround yourself. You've got to think about this. You've got to surround yourself with people who want the best for the best part of you. You can hang around with weasels and losers that are trying to pull you down to justify the fact that they're spiraling downhill as well. And you know, the upside of that is you don't have to have any responsibility and you can all whine about how wretched life is, you know, so that's pretty attractive. But I would say it's also a me bad medium to long-term plan. And so it's, it's acceptable and desirable to try to surround yourself with people who are facilitating your development. You know, and you might say, well, I've got people around, I know them well, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing that well and, and they're... And they don't fit into that category. It's like, what's your point? What are you going to do with them exactly? If they'll, if they'll listen and cooperate with you and move towards a better future, great. If they don't pay any attention and they keep doing the same damn things over and over and they're not going anywhere and it's painful, then maybe the proper thing to do is say, you just have your misery. I'll go off and have my life. And maybe you'll wake up at some point in the future and think that's a better way of being. Because just putting up with it is, well, they call that enabling, right? You put up with that sort of behavior, you're providing tacit consent for it and even tacit approval. It's like, it's a bad idea. You have, I would say, both the right and the responsibility to surround yourself with people who are good for the best part of you. Surrounding people that bring out the best part of you want the best for the best part of you. They listen. They value what you say. They celebrate with you. And they're not quick to dismiss. You know, in this narcissistic society that we live in, how many times are you dealing with people that listen to what you say and they say, oh, I, and then they try to one-up you, right? We try to one-up each other when it comes to some of these things. But just listening. How about the skill of listening? Listening, not hearing, there's a difference but listening to somebody and then actually valuing what they say in the celebration of their accomplishments or understanding in the defeat of their pain and just to be there for them. And that goes back to the trust, goes back to the loyalty, goes back to the reliability of just being there. You know, one of the hardest things to deal with, obviously, is the loss of a friend, especially when it comes to uh, death. Uh, there's many ways that you can lose a friend, but... Death in general, a lot of times we don't know what to say or do. We feel like we should say something or we feel like we should be doing something. And then oftentimes because we don't know, we vacate the situation. And so I learned when my friend Chris passed away when we were 18, I guess he was still 17. I just turned 18. But from that experience, what I had learned through the years is that sometimes just to be there, a presence is all you need. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to do anything. Just be a presence there. And sometimes that might be awkward to do. But what happens is just being there, even though the people that are 
grieving and suffering the loss, they might not interact with you or they might be doing their own thing, you know, at least they know you're there so that if they do want to come and share, if they do want to come and partake in interaction with you, you're there, but they have a feeling of support and they're not alone. They, they lose that feeling of loneliness. They feel lost, but they don't feel loneliness because you are there. And it might be physically there or maybe constantly messaging them, calling them, whatever. But just being there. And that's what we need to do for friends sometimes is just be there. Whether they're going through something good with listening, paying attention. Maybe we don't say anything. Maybe we don't try to solve a problem. And then when they have something good happen, we celebrate with them. We let them, we recognize what they've done, and we let them bask in that glory of success that they have. You know, which goes back to the whole mantra of the show. When you think about the show, take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. We want good things to happen. We want to bring out our inner greatness, We want to raise the standard in our life because by raising the standard in our life, we can bring out our inner greatness. And then we can take that thing that we're passionate about and pursue it and go after it and let ourselves be great. And then hopefully we are inspiring and motivating others to do the same thing so that they can go take their passion, make it happen. Let themselves be great. Then they motivate and inspire. And it becomes this viral thing that's going around from person to person to person. And friends can be a part of that, can be a part of raising the standard. Are friends in our lives, are they going to bring us up? Are they going to improve us? Are they going to push us to strive for excellence? Or are they going to tear us down? You know, that was always the the debate, or maybe not the debate, but the the back and forth growing up with maybe cigarettes, right? Or maybe drinking in high school. It was like, did you want to be a part of that group that went and like smoked or went and drank or, you know, went and did whatever mischievous thing? Or did you want to be a part of something better? Be a part of a friends group that was better than that, that pushed you to do good things, fun things. I guess in that whole, that 70s show thing with uh, Danny Masterson and the crew, when they were doing that show, apparently was it named Toper Grace, he wouldn't hang out with them. Apparently he took a lot of blowback for not wanting to hang out with the group. Why? Well, maybe now we know why. Maybe they weren't into doing good things, and he wanted to not be a part of that. So he would take the grief and the flack for not hanging out, but he knew it was, it was for his betterment. It was for the good of him. And he realized that, yes, we're just going to work together and do this show. But outside of that, boom, we are gone. We're not going to hang out. And so sometimes we have to do that. We have to rely on kind of our instincts, so to speak. But do you want the best for the best part of your friend or friends? Do your friends want the best for the best part of you? Are they listening? Are they celebrating? you and your accomplishments and what you've done. You know, the other thing that comes along with it is that unconditional support that they talk about, unwavering support. Uh, You're the biggest cheerleader, offering encouragement, empathy, and a shoulder to lean on when you need it. And unconditional is the key. You think about that. You know, conditional means it has conditions. As long as things are going good, I'm going to be your friend. As long as you have money, I'm going to be in your posse. As long as 
you do what I say, we're going to hang out. But unconditional means absolutely no conditions whatsoever. If you are going through good times, I'm going to be there. If you are going through bad times, I'm going to be there. It does not matter. And that's what it should be like. Now, granted, if a friend does something, we could recognize that what they've done isn't the right thing. And we can encourage them to do the right thing, but we can still support them, right? I mean, you think about... Think about someone that's going through uh, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, okay? They're, they have an alcohol, a drinking problem. Uh, you're there for them. You're there for them when they, was it jump off the wagon or fall off the wagon or whatever they do with the wagon when they're not supposed to? So they go back to drinking, right? You don't, hey, you drank, I give up on you, especially if you're a sponsor. You don't do that. You're there for them. Okay, you fell. Let's get you back up on that wagon and let's get you clean and sober and let's start over day one. If you're a therapist and you're working with somebody and you're having breakthroughs and then all of a sudden there's a setback, you don't kick them to the curb and say, I don't want to be a therapist anymore. You're not doing what I'm telling you to do. You're failing. No, you're there to support them, right? So as friends, aren't we the ultimate mentor? Are we the ultimate sponsor? Are we the ultimate therapist to be there through thick and thin? You know, you hear the story about ride or die, right? They're my ride or die. And people like to throw that around. But are they really? Are they really your ride or die? Or are they just there your ride? And when the dying part comes, you're jumping out. You're no longer Thelma and Louise. You're just Thelma. And next thing you know, you're the only one going off the cliff on this ride or die ride of friendship. One of the more curious things, most innocent of things, is to listen to what kids have to say about a topic, an issue. And so here are some youngins talking about what makes a friend. What makes a good friend? A friend is somebody who... You meet up with often when people play with you. Always hugs me. Um, A good friend is someone who picks you up when you fall, makes you laugh, plays with you whenever you're sad, and like just would just do lots of things for you. Helping you and just being kind. Give them some of my toys. To be kind to each other and you don't argue. Or if they listen to you very nicely, we can play with them or we can play with somebody else. And you be kind to them and you never argue with them. Um, accepting for who you are and what you're doing every day. If they're kind to you, if you're ever, like, sad or angry. He's always been there for me to help me. If you're playing the game, you can let them join in. If they don't want to, you can just say, if you want to join in, you can. I think makes a good friend is that they take care of you and when they... 
If you fall over, they help you, they pick you up. I think a good friend makes you um, happy and is always lovely to you and it's always like funny and nice to you. So some of the things that kept coming up, uh, don't argue, which is often hard, uh, don't argue is often hard to do when you're sometimes as an adult. I get the concept and the kids, and that's why I love listening to kids because it's so simple. Don't argue. It makes sense, right? But we know sometimes we have disagreements as we get older and adults and friends are going to do that. Uh, but meet often. Play with. As adults, do we play? Do we have fun playing? Or are we too serious? Can't play. I know some people get blowback because guys will still play video games, right? Or they will be involved with some sort of online gaming. And it was like, dude, grow up. But no, they're playing. They're having fun. Now, obviously, if you're up all night and that's the only thing you're doing, then you need boundaries and you need to figure out life. You're still living in mom's basement playing video games. Figure it out. But no, playing is okay. Kids, play with. Helps. Uh, pick you up when you're sad. Be kind. Wants to be with you. Accepts you for who you are. Acceptance. Take a look at one of the lists came up. I think this was more of the uh, psychology side of life, but non-judgmental. You know, you had a list that said non-judgmental. True friends accept each other for who they are without passing judgment. They provide a safe space for self-expression and self-discovery. Yeah, so accepting them for who they are doesn't mean you have to get rid of your own values and morals because there might be things that your friends are involved with. Hopefully it's legal, consensual type stuff, but you might not totally agree with it, but you can still be friends even though you disagree with things. You can still be friends even though you have a political ideology that's different, maybe even a religious ideology that's different. One of the uh, more engaging conversations that I would have was when Phil Michael, a friend of mine who's passed away, uh, would come to town. He wasn't religious, um, but he spent a lot of time in Nepal. So kind of that um, Eastern religion, I don't know if it's Hindu or Buddhism. I don't think he really subscribed to any one thing, but he would kind of pick and choose some Eastern religions that he would grab some stuff and, and pick and choose them. And we would often have conversations, religious conversations, politics and religion. You're not supposed to talk about what we talk about politics and religion all the time. He was Canadian. So we had very different views on things and we still got along and we're friends and we're actually planning a, a business joint business venture. But then unfortunately he, he passed away. Um, but yeah, so being there, being trustful, being reliable, being loyal, acceptance, flaws and all. And that's what these kids were talking about. Of course, with the other things, being kind and stuff like that. And so, again, as you go through and you look at these things, these are some of the characteristics that kind of cross-referenced with each other in these different platforms of genre of study in the world of academia. And, again, the point of the academia isn't because it's academia and, oh, they're know everything, but it was just a standard, you know, to compare what we might have versus what someone else might have as far as what makes a friend. Of course, one big component to that is forgiveness. You know, friends will often have misunderstandings. Friends might be mistakes. 
made. Maybe you give your word, but then you go back on it. Maybe you're not there when you really should be. Um, maybe you violated a confidence on purpose or maybe not on purpose. And so forgiveness. Best friends are forgiving and understanding the mistakes. They don't hold grudges and are willing to work through conflicts to maintain that friendship. Just forgiveness in general is something that we should all be working on because especially in this day and age of everyone's offended all the time, right? But oftentimes we can't help uh, being offensive, offending others because they're the ones that have the problem, not you. But forgiveness. Uh, True friends are forgiving and understanding of each other's mistakes and flaws. They recognize that nobody is perfect and are willing to work through the challenges together. Just more lists, commonalities. And so have things over the past few years caused a divide in your friendship? Have you been able to rectify them with apologies? Conversations about the misunderstandings? A desire to want to reunite and rekindle that friendship? Maybe it's time. Or maybe we're still too politically divided. Maybe we are still too angry, holding a grudge. Or maybe we just don't care. And really, that's fine too. I mean, there's people that you might be friends with that it fades away, and you're fine with it. That's okay too. Sometimes friends come and go. Maybe they weren't quite your best friend level. Maybe they were more of an acquaintance for the time. That's okay. But if it separated or fell apart because of something, maybe I want to check into it before you completely abandon that friendship. Billy Graham, what does he have to say about friendship? What does God have to say about friendship? You have friends. And if you have five close friends in your lifetime you are a very fortunate person. God called Abraham a friend of God. Are you a friend of God and a friend of Christ? And what about your friends? This means strong friendship, a friendship that endures through thick and thin, that never wavers. Give your life to Christ and he will help you with your friendships. Seeking help, spiritual help keeping that friendship together. Michael W. Smith is an artist that sings faith-based songs, Christian songs. He had a, a song years ago, decades ago, called uh, Friends, and it's the line, our friends are friends forever when the Lord's uh, involved with them. I forget exactly what the lyrics are, but a, but this was the key thing. A friend will not say never, when the and the welcome never ends. And a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. But a friend will not say never, and the welcome never ends. And that's true, right? You're going to always be there. That, that's, that line right there pretty much capsulates what we're talking about. You're going to be there for them. Uh, bon Jovi, their song, Blood on Blood, talks about, if I get that call in the dead of the night, I'll be right by your side. How many of us will... Take that phone call. Probably have our phone on silence. But how much? How many of us would take that phone call and then be there? Maybe jump on a plane because, you know, distance is kind of, we've all spread out. And distance, 
might be a part of the problem as to why we don't get together as often as we would like or as we should. But would you jump on that plane paying those high prices for the last-minute plane trip to wherever across the country? It's a tough decision, right? But would we do it? True friend probably would. Slap that MasterCard or Visa down and make the trip or jump in that car. Break every speed limit. No, don't do that. But you'd get there, right? So, yeah. Um, so when we look through some of these things, through the lens of what we're looking at here, how do you see friendship? How do you see your friends? You know, are you lonely to the point where you just want any type of friend? And so whether they're good for you or not good for you, Maybe they're not so good for you. You're going to hold on to them because at least you have somebody. Because we all crave that interaction with other people. We all crave that communication, that relationship, that connection, that belonging. I mean, you think about that. You think about gangs. You know, it's about the brotherhood, a sense of belonging. You think about the military. It's a brotherhood. It's a sense of belonging. Very similar commonalities as far as traits as to why you're there. You're there for the person next to you. You're there for your brother. But the end result are two different things in a way. One typically is looked upon as a good thing, military. Gangs, not so much. But it's the camaraderie. It's the brotherhood. It's the sense of belonging. That's what friendship is about for a lot of us. And then, of course, with that comes the fun, comes the memories, comes the good times, maybe the hard times, the bonding, the knowing somebody's there for you, the conversations. And so that's what we have. You know, there was a uh, couple of quotes I wanted to share about friendship from people. Jim Morrison of The Doors He was quoted as saying, a friend is someone who gives you total freedom to be yourself. Not going to put you in a box, say you need to live by societal standards in this box, right? Henry Ford, my best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. He brings out the best. She brings out the best in you. What did Jordan Peterson say? Wants the best for the best part of you, a theme, bringing out the best for the best part of you. What about Bob Marley? Truth is, everyone is going to hurt you. You just got to find the ones worth suffering for. A little different perspective on that. Are these friends worth suffering for? Are you worth suffering for? Am I worth suffering for? Helen Keller, if you don't know who Helen Keller is, I strongly recommend you look her up and do some research on her. She was someone who was both blind and deaf. And then with the help of a friend, someone that became a friend, a teacher, a mentor, and a friend, was able to then learn sign language and communicate. But she was living in a world of darkness, blind, deaf, and mute. What they used to say, blind, deaf, and dumb, couldn't talk, but now I guess it's mute. Um, 
I would rather walk with a friend in the dark than alone in the light. And dark for her is completely different as far as the meaning goes than it does for us. We think absence of light. But she's in a world of her own, secluded, and then had a friend. What about Aristotle, that great thinker and philosopher? What is a friend? A single soul dwelling in two bodies. That's pretty profound. A single soul dwelling in two bodies. You ever find that person that you meet and right away you just connect? It's like you've known each other forever. Or you have that friend that you've been apart from for a number of years because of distance and then you get back together and boom, you just start right where you left off. Single soul dwelling in two bodies. What about Muhammad Ali, the boxer, the great boxer? Friendship is the hardest thing in the world to explain. It's not something you learn in school, but if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, you really haven't learned anything. That's pretty interesting. And that's, I think, the, the sum to summarize what we think friendship is. We don't really learn what it is. We don't go through it like we are here on this podcast episode and say this is what friendship is. And this really, what we're going through, isn't necessarily what friendship is. It's just maybe an example of what friendships are about, maybe some characteristics and qualities that are included in them. But yeah, we don't learn friendship. It just develops naturally. But if we don't learn about friendship and what that meaning is, and in fact, maybe that's more of what we're talking about here today. Instead of what is friendship, maybe we're actually talking about what is the meaning of friendship. And maybe the meaning of friendship is the loyalty, the reliability, the trust, the forgiveness, the acceptance. What do those kids say? Kindness, being there, meeting often, playing with, acceptance. Maybe that's the meaning of friendship, and maybe that's actually what we're talking about today instead of what is friendship because can we learn friendship or is it just there? William Shakespeare, the wordsmith, poet, Words are easy, like the wind. Faithful friends are hard to find. And I use some of these because it's through time. These are quotations from people through time. And when you look at it, pretty similar. Aristotle again, wishing to be friends is quick work, but friendship is a slow ripening fruit, so it takes time to develop true, deep friendship because you go through things. Henry David Thoreau, the author, the greatest compliment that was ever paid me was when one asked me what I thought and attended to my answer. Ask me what I thought and then listen. Jordan Peterson, value in what you say. They listen, and he talked about, You tell them a success, and they don't just slap you on the back and then cut in and say, oh, I have success too, but they listen and celebrate you. They want to know more. Henry David Thoreau, Jordan Peterson, ages apart on the timeline of life and history of life, but pretty much saying the same thing, asking me what I thought and then paying attention to what I had to say. An Irish proverb, a good friend is like a four-leaf clover, hard to find, lucky to have. So as you go through some of this, 
and you think about your friendships and you think about the people around you, people may come and go. You may have different layers of friends, acquaintances, and then maybe some medium type of friends, whatever that is. You know, people you go hang out with regularly, maybe people that you do things with. And then you have those best friends that you confide in, that you are basically maybe one soul dwelling in two bodies. And as you go through that, and I've been fortunate. Billy Graham mentioned something about five friends in life. If you have five friends in life, you're a lucky person. I was thinking about that. And I'm like, I think I have. I think I could honestly say that I did at one point in life achieve the level of five friends, like true friends, friends that were there, whether you want to say thick or thin, ride or die, whatever the case may be. And people always ask me about, you know, friendship, you know, hey, who are some of your friends, you know, um, who do you hang out with regularly, stuff like that. And unfortunately, the sad answer to that question is that there's been a few that have passed away. You know, of those five, three have passed away. And it's not that I haven't replaced them, but again, friendship. You can't just go out and pick those friends and say, this is going to happen. You are going to be my new best friend. It takes time. It takes circumstances, development. It's the personalities. It's the two souls in one body. It's all these quotes and everything that we've talked about, right? That's what that friendship has become. And so you can't just easily replace them. Now, sure, there's other people that have come in life that have become friends, but maybe not as deep a level as the others. And there's others that might be a part of life for a little bit and then they go and then someone else comes in for a little bit and then goes and you've got all this, you know, uh, movement in the world of friendship. But I knew and know because again, there's two of them that are still alive that once we get back together, we just pick up right where we left off. Like no time between us at all had ever elapsed without us being together. It's all this wrapped up in a nice bow. And then the other three would have been the same thing. Every time we got together, it was pick up right where we were left off. Relying on each other, having fun, talking deep conversations, not always agreeing, not always seeing eye to eye, but not fighting, not arguing, not splitting. Because we have different ideology, but accepting and embracing and learning doesn't mean that we sacrificed our own values or sacrificed our own thoughts or ideologies. But we think about things, agree on things, disagree on things. It was a friendship. It was real. It was loyal. There was trust. We were there for each other through thick and thin, good and bad. And unfortunately, there was far too many bads with a few of them. But we can learn from that. We can take from that. We can treasure those memories. We can treasure that time together. We can keep it. And then when we can talk about it and share. So when they say, tell me about your friends. Well, let me tell you about my friends, even the ones that aren't here, because that was the impact they had on me, and that was the relationship that we had. No matter how much time has passed, if they ever came back, I know we'd be able to pick up right where we left off, despite the years and years apart. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Check out our website, 
It's RadioWarp.com, Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Uh, there's several things on there, but you can click through and you can see the uh, different show logos. So when you see Two Steps Ahead podcast, you can click on that and all of our shows will uh, pop up. We've got audio versions. We've got video versions. The video versions are hosted on uh, Rumble. So you'll see the videos right there. You can click on them and they'll play from the website. Or you can click on the little Rumble icon and it'll take you to our Rumble page. But all of our videos are there for you to see. You can scroll through the pages. There's an orange banner that scrolls across the center of the Two Steps Head podcast page on RadioWarp.com. If you click on that, it'll take you to the uh, SoundCloud or audio page. Uh, audio page, you can download episodes and take them with you on the go if you so choose. Uh, you can listen not only on the website, but you can pretty much internet search TWO, Two Steps Head podcast. We pop up. We're pretty much on any platform that you listen to podcasts on, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartMedia, Spotify, Pandora. I mean, like I said, we're on all the platforms. Instagram, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. My personal page, Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Post clips there of the show, full shows and clips of the shows as well. So it's pretty easy to find us, pretty accessible. We're just there. Uh, if you want to email the show, we talked about it earlier, you know, friends or any case, you know, you need someone to reach out to. You need someone to ask a question, feedback in the show. Uh, I need help with something, but I don't know where to go. And I thought I would just try you. Whatever. There is no reason not to. If, if you want to reach out to the show, you can, and there is no reason not to. Well, maybe this isn't a good idea. It's kind of like that old adage, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question or no such thing as a bad question. There's no such thing as a dumb email. There's no such thing as a bad email. If you want to reach out, reach out. TWO, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. Respond or send me something. I will respond. Uh, I'll respond. And if I have to kind of maybe refer you to something else, because maybe it's uh, of a more serious nature, I'll definitely do that. Um, I know people that can help even if I can't. So again, if you're kind of that person, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. Email TWO two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. You can go to um, Instagram direct message me again. TWO two steps ahead podcast. Um, Facebook. We have a Two Steps Head podcast Facebook page um, or just internet search my name. I'm sure my stuff pops up. But, uh, but yeah, here for you, whatever you need. And if you just want to drop by, say hi, do that too. I can always use some, some new friends. Uh, this is Two Steps Head podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time. God bless.